This is a yelling podcast. From poking at you to plans and everything in between, this is Magnified Pod, the only podcast that discusses culture, religion, politics, and the entire discography of everyone's favorite left coast punks, MXPX. Mm. I am one of your hosts, Andrew Phelan. And sitting across from me is the very fatherly John Potter, because today we are recording on Father's Day, and John graciously abandoned his family. (laughs) I mean, it's... And all their love. That's the punk thing to do, I think. I feel (laughs) like we're honoring the legacy of 90s punk by ignoring these societal roles, man. Yeah, man. I mean, don't want to be part of the patriarchy. Shout out to uh, the other F word that did I tell you about this documentary? No, it's about punks, like mainly lead singers of pop punk bands, mainly from the '90s who are now dads. Uh, oh wow! Relevant to my interests, <laughs> and pretty, pretty good. Is it this on Netflix? I think so. Uh, it's one of those things. It was on one of those at one point. Okay. How many? Who's who have they? Who have they interviewed? Fat Mike is in it. Uh, okay. Which is interesting. Sure. Um, a, a, a role model for all children. <laughs> exactly. He actually, he came off a little better than I expected. He did have to like talk about how he had to explain to his kid his dominatrix tattoos. Sure. Um, as one does. But the... That's maybe not the only thing he's going to have to explain. <laughs> yeah. There, I'm sure, you know, other things. Um, I forget who the main guy is. I mean, I'm thinking like... Milo Ackerman, he has a lot of... Yeah, he's he has, not in it. He's got a... No, that's too bad. He has a lot of songs about his family and some about his kids. Yeah. Um, shoot. I can't remember who the main guy is, but it's um, mostly focused on one dude. Anyway. All right. All right. Well, we'll check it out. Shout out to the other F word, which yes. is, I'm assuming, father. Yes, that's indeed. That's... I'm using my my judgment and correctly okay perfect uh so what else is going on other than it being a super hot day very hot so we we were only two and a half minutes in we turned off the ac about three minutes ago and welcome everyone i'm already hot yeah because it's like in the 90s today we i only have we record in my apartment we only have an ac window unit and so this is going to be, this is going to be rough. But it, but it sounds wonderful. Yes. Yeah. We don't have any of that bullshit, you know, noise in the background. Yeah. Um, so trying to keep it crisp, mm. trying to keep it profesh. Much like the production on 1998, slowly going the way of the Buffalo. Yeah. <laughs> we, we will get, we will get to that. And John and I did discuss the last ep. If you were, if you hang, if you hang, if you hung, hung, you hung to the end. Mm. It was a really long, really long episode. Some might even argue too, <laughs> too long. long. Nah, <laughs> nah. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a little bit long. So we're gonna try and keep this one a little bit tighter. But there was just too much to go over for an album like Life in General. I mean, if you're tuning into an MXPX pod and you can't hang for like every little. Piece that life in general has to offer. Yeah, I mean, then like, what are you doing, bro? Yeah, get your life together. Yeah. 
so let's talk about some MXPX news. So as we're recording this, it's June 17th, um, and it's Father's Day. So as, you know, we're recording these ahead of time. So a lot of the news might not be pertinent at the moment, but uh, we feel like it's our duty to throw out the MXPX news that is current as of the recording. So uh, they still only have four shows um, in the on the West Coast right now. July 6th in Santa Ana, the 7th in Hollywood, July 27th in Seattle, and the 28th in Portland. As of right now, the Troubadour show in Hollywood is sold out. It's the only sold out show. So three left. Get your tickets now, mxpx.com. And Mike has confirmed that they are definitely releasing the album sometime in July. July. So we are going to have to decide what we're going to do about... It's going to be tough. Yeah. Tough decisions ahead. Yeah. If we go out of order and review the latest before or make people wait for it. Yeah. We'll see what happens. See what happens. I want to get my my EP with the with the five iron horns. Yeah, we're going to we're going to need to really uh do a deep dive into yeah. those and really listen to those before we It's true. give a you know, I don't I don't know if I could do a I don't. I don't know if I would. Would you want to do a first impressions review? Because I don't. I mean, I maybe feel we like, could do both or something. Yeah, like uh, two and a half hours each. Two. Listen, yes. <laughs> I'm assuming. Well, I, I feel like we don't want to shortchange. Maybe yeah. like a four hour first yeah, impression. That's fair. Yeah, we know. We 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 know the people are in it for the long haul. So, John. Yes. When did I first reach out to you about the idea for this podcast? Do you remember? Mm, uh, March? Yes. So at that time, in my research, there wasn't really any other active mm. or outstanding, as not, in qual- not as in quality, but any MXPX podcast that had existed for any extended period of time. So we've been working on these for the past number of months and all the planning and the preparing and getting ready to release these episodes. And then. And then a sometime in May, another MXPX podcast popped up to steal our thunder. Mm. And but here's the thing. We're referring to the Poconatcha podcast. Um, which is hosted by Richard Nelson. You can find him on Instagram uh, at the Poconatcha Podcast, uh, and he, I, I listened to some of the some of the eps. He interviewed the guy who runs the MXPX Memes Instagram page, which is really funny. It's cool, and it seems like the idea of that podcast is to interview. MXPX fans talk about how they discovered the bands, their songs they like, yeah. and sort of that that's kind of the podcast, which I feel like there's the world, to use an, uh, a quote from the Alexander Hamilton musical, the world is wide enough mm. for both of these yeah. 
podcasts. I think so. That we don't need to be, we don't need to be divisive. We don't need to have any MXPX podcast beefs, Mm-mm. which is a sentence that no one has ever said. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I think, and maybe there can be a little cross uh, podcast collabs or something. But I encourage everybody to check out Richard's Richard's pod at anchor.fm slash the Poconatcha podcast. Good name. And, and yeah, it's when John and I were just, I don't know if we talked about this, but when how we sat down to talk about when we first started sketching out the ideas for the show, we talked about what we wanted the podcast to be called and both of us had thought of magnified pod which felt this is this has got to be it's got to be in the name i think but, we both had some variation of pokenacha as yeah. like an alternative title yeah but the I, fact that we had both thought of this yeah insane name yeah we felt we had to pursue so i will say i was talking about this other mxpx podcast to my buddy and he was like Oh well, that's okay. You guys could do different things. He's like, "What's what's your show called?" I was like, "Magnified Pod." He was like, "It's not called the Pokenatch Podcast," <laughs> and that was before he knew that the other one was called the Pokenatch Podcast. But I feel like the real MXPX heads out there, yeah, are in for the magnified plaid joke. <laughs> By the way, in case you don't know, MXPX is short for their original band name, which was Magnified Plaid MP, but the periods look like X's. And I was thinking about this. We also really magnify the albums, you know? We really get in oh, there, go track damn. by track. So I, I think we thought about the double meaning the whole time. Yeah, well, that yeah, that's the revisionist history part. Right, right. They, oh, oh, that was totally part of... That was our intention. Yeah. We, we're we're getting, getting all the... It's putting it under the scope and looking at all the nitty-gritty. So check it out. Listen to us. More MXPX for everybody. What's not to love? Yay. Hooray. Um, John, let's yes. talk about the jams we've been jamming on <laughs> this, this past week. January. Jam. It's it's, it's not that month. But it's noon. Yeah, that, that one. That rolls right off the tongue. <laughs> mm-hmm. so what have you have you been listening to anything uh, in the past week or so? Or? This is week four in our briefly talk about Kanye oh. uh, section <laughs> because he keeps releasing albums yes, every Friday. That's true. Um, so we mentioned. Pusha T. Yes. Daytona, really Daytona, good. Daytona, yes. Into it. Mention Yay. Uh, yes. Uh, eh. Interesting. Yeah. Some things going on. Yep. Some weird things, too. Right. I don't think we talked about Kids See Ghosts yet. Uh, no, I don't think. I think that that was. I don't know if that in between was. That was in between. Maybe in between up or something, but. That was really good. I that thought. Was, that was. Um, that was great. Yes. I. It was way more. Uh, heady and what's the word I'm looking for? It was kid cutty ish. Yeah. Okay. We'll go. We'll go. We'll go with that. Jam. <laughs> it. I don't know. I. It's. It. It was a little bit spacier, I guess. Yes. Yeah. But then, then, 
I don't know. It had that. It had the some of the same yay elements because yeah. I think he was he had that part two um, um, cut that was sort of a reference to a song on the yay album right. that I don't have it in front of me, so I can't remember what it's called. But yeah, yeah. but then yeah, Jam Four right. Kanye related. Yep, Nas Nas's Nasir came out yeah. this weekend. And it's really good too. Yeah, I I was listening to the before it was released on any other streaming services. I I found like the one mm. streaming thing that they had from the night that they they played it. Right. The the whatever the live performance, mm-hmm. the live streaming of it, and it was all chopped up and it was really weird. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't in any chronological order, but I was, I, if I were to put these four in order of what I uh, liked the most, and they're all like five to seven. They're all seven songs long. Oh, they're all seven? It's the new, the new thing. The new, that's the new album. Seven is the new 12. I guess so. Um, but I think. Maybe MXPX's new album will be just seven. <laughs> Kanye better, produced. Better. I assume. <laughs> I would. What would a Kanye, uh, oh, a Kanye MXPX banger sound like? One can only dream. I feel like they might, they might have some some interesting theological discussions among them. They could get into uh, interesting, <laughs> interesting theological discussions. Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Let's. I don't know. Since since Kanye is a god, right? You know, that's that's one. But Nas, I think, in my estimation has the superior of these four albums and i i i I don't know i've not always been the biggest fan of kanye's bars sure he i think that Nas is a superior lyricist (laughs) i don't think that i don't think that's controversial that is not a controversial take and so but the production on this album is it's real good it's really good and i texted you and said that he's just gotta he's got kanye's gotta stay behind the boards yeah that's where he really shines and i don't know maybe that's more controversial to say that i that no that he's not you don't think no, I mean, I think he somewhat proved it for a couple albums. He was really trying to work off that claim that, like, he was just a guy who made beats and he happened to rap. He really wanted to be known as an MC, too. And I think, yeah, there's a couple of records where he was pretty good, but he, he his his lyrics have never reached the heights of his production. Um, I will say, this is, uh, I'm stealing my buddy Tyler's take here, and he may end up on a future episode. Uh, with more hot takes about before everything and after. But when I was talking to him about this run of Kanye records, he was like, okay, pretend Kanye had done nothing like crazy or like crazier than normal for Kanye over the last couple months before the albums came out. Like if he had just kept himself and been cool and went on this run of like pretty great albums coming out, like back to back to back to back, like it would be a huge moment for Kanye sure and in culture but because of everything that he did it was kind of like I feel like it's kind of shrugging about all the records to some extent yeah 
I mean, people love the Push album. People seem to like um, the Kitsy Ghost and Nas one. Yay is definitely mixed. But like, I feel like this would be a huge moment if he wouldn't have gone more bananas than usual before they were released. Yeah, the Kanye Cuddy album is, I think, is getting yeah real. I mean, I'm, it's getting great reviews. Sure. So yeah. yeah, I I think that's that's a fair assessment. Yeah, that's a fair assessment. Um, what else are you listening to? The I've been jamming on the new Ghost album oh. prequel. I don't know about this. No, have you ever listened to Ghost? I don't think so. Okay, they're a Swedish metal band um, that deals with a lot of satanic uh, imagery. Right on. While for for many years, oh yeah, I do know these guys. Yeah, they were keeping their identity uh, a secret Mm. until uh, the lead singer of the band got sued by the rest of his bandmates and then all their identities came out and Yikes. yeah it's it's another one of those situations where you're like guys just cool don't, it. don't be dicks yeah. just make music don't be an asshole and but they released an album recently and it has this very it has like a very 80s hair metal um, feel to it uh, they, they even one of the songs has like a sax solo in it, which is yeah. very different than any of their other albums. Um, and then they also have two um, instrumental songs, which I think is very is completely unnecessary to have two instrumental songs, especially when the second one isn't really doing anything uh, new. But I, I'm into it, and I think it's it's one of those. I think it's a an al- a fan splitter album mm. that I think a lot of people appreciate the poppiness of yeah. it, the arena rock elements of it. Uh, but then some people are like, "It's it's not metal. They're not metal anymore." Sure, but I don't it. I don't really. That doesn't really bother me too much because the band has never really subscribed entirely to a cookie cutter kind of metal so mm-hmm. it doesn't matter they're trying new things yeah this their their fourth effort and i think it i think it's good i was i did read something about them the other day i just forgot about their name and then that led me to a piece that like speculated on the question of why there are so many black metal and death metal bands from scandinavia mm-hmm. <laughs> have you thought much about this uh no i guess i don't know if it's related to anything to do with like um vikings or other other, or or folklore anything like that i think that's part of it um but this the speculation was like saying that the biggest kind of metal movements tend to come out of places that are like pretty progressive like Hmm. cultures and probably secular too maybe i mean i think part of it is the like the history of like uh, religious impacts on Scandinavian culture being like older and that kind of like forming it, but today it being like more secular. But yeah, this, this piece I read was saying like, if you're doing okay, kind of like economically and (laughs) mental health wise as a culture, 
you tend to produce more movements like that because like you don't really have that much to like fight against or something hmm. so that's yeah anyway interesting take yeah cheers to scandinavian death metal <laughs> uh one other um band that i discovered recently from texas is a black metal band called tyrannosaurus <laughs> i love them already which is the name is sort of kitschy but mm-hmm. they don't fuck around they're really solid if you like your black metal songs like 11 12 minutes long <laughs> then check out tyrannosaurus i'm yeah. into that i will i will uh so john yeah. um before we hop into anything related to the album mm-hmm. one of the things that we wanted to discuss um was kind of what was going on in 1998 Mm -hmm. uh, with us with music because that's when the album came out and it is unbelievable that we are recording this album today because yesterday june 16th 2018 was the 20th anniversary of the release of slowly going the way of the buffalo that's wild it is super wild and i when i i looked that up the other day at work i was like so when exactly this album came come out because i remember it was during the summer at some point but i couldn't remember when right and i was like blown away that it was like two or three days from when we were going to be it's meant to uh, be yeah meant to be uh, we also hashtag wanted old hashtag old balls. <laughs> we we wanted to talk about cornerstone, and for those mm. who were not initiated in uh, the Christian music scene, cornerstone was a huge music festival on a farm in Bushnell, Illinois. That shouts to Bushnell. Shout out to Bushnell, the middle of nowhere, literally middle of nowhere. I did look it up when we were wondering if it was like southern, and we were like, eh, isn't everything kind of like downstate? <laughs> but it's not that far downstate. No, it it, but it it feels like yes, it. It feels like a world away. Yeah, it does because there's like nothing. Well, at least fifteen years ago, whenever the last time I was there, it there's nothing. There's nothing around. Uh, but Cornerstone attracted all the hot christian bands at the time um the woodstock of the christian alternative world if you will with a lot less sex and a lot less drugs and way more anti-abortion vendors (laughs) cool (laughs) yeah and we also wanted to talk about some of the uh, elements of our concepts of morality and how it shaped the music we listen to and whether or not we changed what we listen to based on our particular mm. uh, theologies. So John, what was going on with John Potter in 1998? Well, let me get everyone up to speed. This was pre using MXPX as a senior quote, but post my uh, punk band forming. Okay. What was and- the name of your band? Tiger Jack, which was uh, named after a local St. Paul legend who uh, 
he'd been a boxer and then opened like a shoe shine shack. And uh, I thought it was super cool because I was like making references to local local things. <laughs> and uh, you were you were deep in it. Deep it's, in it. It's also not too dissimilar to Tiger Jaw. Oh yeah, yeah. There's several punk bands with Tiger in there. Yeah. Selby Tigers was from St. Paul at the time. They never like blew up on a national level, but Tiger Army and uh, Tiger. Yeah. There's other Tiger. Ones. Where's all the Where's all the love for other big cats? <laughs> I mean, we yeah, Puma, <laughs> something. I don't know. Yeah. Puma um, Puma Steve. Yeah, I love Puma Steve. <laughs> they were our arch rivals um, from Minneapolis. But anyway, shout uh, out to Puma Steve. Yeah. Big ups. R.I.P. Um, and yeah, so I think the first song or at least the first cover we did was set the record straight, which is on oh, Slowly wow. Gunner Buffalo. Okay. And, uh, so this album holds a sweet spot for me for that reason. Cause the time of this album coming out and the band forming and stuff felt very interlinked. Um, yeah. How about you? What were you doing? So this was the summer between eighth grade in my freshman year of high school where yeah. you was so you were already in high school right yeah because you're i'm one year older you're one year old one year so this was yeah between freshman and sophomore. um i remember that this was the first mxpx album that i bought mm. when it was actually released so i had other there are some of their other albums at this point already but this one I was, I was ready for, and here's something. This is sort of going back to a previous episode, a previous topic about when we first thought we heard mm, right. of MXPX, and I c- couldn't. I know that uh, Teenage Politics was the first album that I bought, mm-hmm. but. I couldn't remember what was the moment that I was like, how did I first discover them? Mm-hmm. And then in doing some random Googling today of MXPX images, I came across a an image of an album, a uh, it, it was a, it's a tribute album to the Christian band Petra. Oh wow! Do you remember remember Petra? Indeed. So they it's it's an album compilation called "Never Say Dinosaur," which is a play on the Petra album "Never Say Die," and Petra's old, so it's a joke. Right. Got it? Because they're dinosaurs, but it has a lot of who's who in in Christian. Got some audio adrenaline, got some jars of clay, Kevin Max from mm. DC Talk. Uh, let's see, Plank Eyes on there. But there's an MXPX cut wow. that was produced by Bob Moon, mm. and it's the Petra song, I Can Be Friends With You. And this was released in June of 1996. Okay. So, and this, this album artwork is so familiar to me that I had this realization. I'm like, this might have been my entry point because it sort of lines up in, in the sort of chronological, um, so to speak, of, of um, when, about when I started listening to MXPX. Cause, so if this came out in 96, stands to reason that I might have 
picked this up at some random i don't know how i would have come by it but right uh, this is post life in general right right and but it has so um yeah i guess whenever life in general maybe life in general came out later in in 96 though it wasn't life in general 95 maybe Mm. i I thought Mm. let's uh let's let's check what does the internet say This is the part of the podcast where we quietly Google things. <laughs> I can every... vamp if you want. <laughs> okay, so Life in General came out in 96, Teenage Politics. Oh. Well, so this came out in, it was, Life in General was released oh. later in 96, November 96. So Never Say Dinosaur was released in June of 96, which makes sense that this was in and around the Bob Moon era of their right. recordings. So I'm thinking MXPX covering a Petra song might have been my first thinking, oh, is maybe I should check these guys out mm. on this really stupid, stupid album. So that was my, that, that's, an, that's an aside to sure. what, what was going on with me in 1998. Additional aside, what was the first album period that you ever bought? Do you remember? That, I, CD? that I ever bought? Yeah. Do you, do you have, I have mine at the ready. You have yours at the ready? I don't it, I don't know if I have mine at the ready. It was Def Leppard's Adrenalize, a classic. <laughs> <coughs> he's coughing because he's so excited. Um, Definitely not because I'm choking on my beer. And I remember that it came out in uh, 93, right? Because... Um, I'm not, you know, I don't know you, much You don't about. remember? That's weird, because I was pretty sure we were starting our Def Leppard pod after this one, but I guess I'll have to say that. Yeah. No. Okay, 92. Yeah, we'll start the... Well, it'll be called Def Leppard. <laughs> oh, man. I really hope that exists. If somebody out there is a huge Def Leppard fan, please, please start make that. Def Leppard. Anyway, this is not important, but it came out in 1992. I what are you talking that. about? This is super... This is, this is kind MXPX of podcast material. If you, if you could kind of like break down the intersection of like faith and culture and justice. I really think Def Leppard's Adrenalize is kind of the epicenter of it. So, um, 92, I bought it at the mall of America, like okay. the f- one of the first days that it ever opened. And I brought it to the movie theater at the mall where I saw sister act. And this, How, this is, <laughs> this is a very important moment. I just that- remember it so strongly. Um, and, uh, this dude next to me was looking at the album <laughs> cause I had like, I was looking at it like, this is so cool. And he was like, cool album. And I was like, I know. <laughs> anyway, was this, uh, pre Rick Allen losing his arm? <laughs> I think it was post. Okay. That's literally the only thing I know to know about <laughs> Def Leppard. Was the that from Def Leppard? Well, they got one arm. Do you remember that? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it was a bloodhound gang. Oh, Anyway, did you remember what your first album was? Um, we could think, we could talk about it later. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I'll have to. I'll have to do some digging around and and thinking because I definitely don't have at the ready the first. I hope it was way cooler. Even this dinosaur thing sounds you know a lot cooler than my thing. Dude, jars of clay, audio adrenaline. Yeah, dude. And MXPX. Yeah. I don't even know what the fuck that. <laughs> How MXPX must have been like, yeah, I guess we'll do, sure. sure we'll be on 
you know, Kevin Max Smith's album with Galactic Cowboys and Sixpence. Get that money. Yeah, I mean, like they had to. They've only been around for four years. Got to make that dollar somehow. So, did you? Did you, uh, do you? Speaking of remembering the first time, do you remember the first time you went to Cornerstone? So also the first time you had sex. That's <laughs> I thought perhaps that's where we were leading, and I was like, I mean, I know Def Leppard. Well, 1998 for me. Okay. Because well. it was a very, it was a very significant summer for me. Right. Yeah. Slowly going the way of the buffalo. <laughs> just like and then your virginity. Just my virginity. Um, I never went to Cornerstone. What? Isn't that sad and shocking news? That that <laughs> that, is, that blows my mind. I mean. So how did that, how did that happen? Growing up in Minnesota. This is a revelation. (laughs) It changes everything. This is like a bigger deal than adrenalize. Um, So it felt so far away. You're too busy at the Mall of America. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't have time. Sam Goody had so many deals. Um, (laughs) Goody's got it. Goody had it always. And then, uh, yeah, it just felt really far. Like Chicago in general is pretty far, but then like it was past Chicago. Yeah. But I knew about it, and it was, like, legendary. We had this lame one called Sunshine. Yeah. And, yes, there's an O in that, uh, in, like, northern Minnesota, <laughs> which is the equivalent to Bushnell. And uh, I never made it to that one either, but that had my dude's Ace Troubleshooter. Yes. Uh, played there a lot. I'm Into sure. the Ace. Other bands I don't remember now, but... Um, yeah, no, Cornerstone always felt like this unattainable, like, oh, it's so cool, i got to get there. And I applied our band to the new band showcase. Wow. I think this was in 2000 that we applied, and okay. we did not make it. That's that's but, too bad. Yeah. So here's what's amazing. I was looking around to see um, what was going on in 98 to 2000s mm-hmm. at cornerstone and for some reason i don't know who did this but have you heard of the site setlist.fm yeah people whoever did this put all these cornerstone it's amazing uh set lists and who played i don't know who this was this had to have been pre yeah setlist fm that people would have that this didn't exist. I feel like you can find a surprising amount of set lists for like pretty much anything. So yeah. that well done internet because that stuff is Seriously. really awesome. So I'm okay. So I started, I mentioned this in another, in one of the, maybe the first podcast that my f- must've been, it was either my freshman. It would have made sense if it was my freshman year. Um, or Damn it, I can't remember if it was freshman or sophomore year, but I remember I showed up my first day and I had my MXPX shirt, and that must have been, I must have snagged that from my first Cornerstone Festival. What was the shirt? Um, black, poking at your punk, yeah. you know, ripping some hot skateboard move. Nice. And uh, I want beca- that. Because they, MXPX played the main stage in 1998 with the likes of P.O.D. Mm-hmm. That's Squad 5-0. Oh, yeah. I definitely saw Squad 5-0 play on the main stage with MXPX and 5-Iron. So it might they might have done that in uh, many years, many years yeah. but I definitely remember seeing 
squad mxpx and five iron on a main stage did you go to the mc hammer year no (laughs) maybe that was before he started going but he like headlined one year and it was a big deal because he did not play any old stuff he was adamant that he was (laughs) now a gospel performer had no time for you can't touch us so he announced that like one song in and like half the crowd left again i've never been there but this is myth and legend uh slick shoes goatee hook do you remember living sacrifice yeah do i remember (laughs) living sacrifice but scrolling through some of these names it's pretty man it's uh it's pretty hilarious to think about some of these these bands that there's got your boy pager the lion Mm -hmm. um yeah but this was good stuff i mean yeah, we can like paint it sort of half <laughs> derogatorily now, but like they legit had a lot of really good artists there as well as Super the embarrassing tones. ones. Yeah, maybe not the first one to lead with for <laughs> really good artists, but I just saw like the, yeah. the insiders. <laughs> okay, well, Pedro the Lion, Damien Gerardo, I just saw those. Wondered, yeah. They, uh, oh, here we go. We've got the galact- the Galactic Cowboys I mean, again yeah. from. The, think, the seminal album, Never Say Dinosaur. I think this is the time to announce that our next pod is going to be about Galactic Cowboys. <laughs> yep. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm still sort of reeling from the fact that you'd never... I that know, you, man. That never and won. now it's done. When did it end? Like six years ago, maybe? Yeah, it was a while ago. It Sad was, times. Yeah. It's, it was... Here's the thing, though. It was the at Cornerstone, and I don't say this... I don't say this as a joke, but I was essentially radicalized Ooh. by the... Oh, like the bad kind of radicalized. Yes. <laughs> Not like into... No, I wasn't like, radical! <laughs> no. <laughs> well, I mean, you might have been like that. I meant more like radicalized, like the system is broken, man. We no. Can, no. Yeah, the bad kind. No, I, uh, I was radicalized by the Rock for Life yes. tent at... At Cornerstone and became immediately super pro life. Yeah. And by which you mean pro birth? <laughs> I was pro fetus. Yeah. Pro pro life doesn't seem to be a no term. For... No, it doesn't. It's not anyway, accurate. We don't have to go down that. Yeah, we're thing. not we're not gonna do that. But it it I remember standing at the back of the stage where somebody was speaking and they were talking about uh how how many abortions happen and how what sort of methods you know rock concert kind of stuff yeah yeah. and and i remember them saying something about how your best friend could have been one of those abortions and you never got a chance to meet them and I remember that very much mm. sticking out to me. Yeah. That that sort of appealing to the kind of the friendships that you had and thinking, well, what if, what would it have been like if I didn't have this person as my friend? Right. And you don't hear that at the warp tour. No, <laughs> definitely not. So yeah, I that that part of my Christianity mm. remained intact through all of high school Mm. to the extent that I wrote an article 
for my school newspaper as one of the opinion editors that took directly from the Rock for Life uh, slogan, abortion is mean. That was the headline? That was my headline. Boom. So, yeah, that take that. (laughs) Well, it's funny. Take that, (laughs) pro-choicers. Check and mate. (laughs) It's donezo. I think it's funny you should mention high school op-eds because one of the things we were going to discuss was um, like swearing and music yep. and whether you got rid of your Christian album or I mean, who would do that? Whether you got <laughs> rid of your secular albums um, and the op-ed that I wrote at my Christian high school was about why bad words and music was okay <laughs> and citing like John, we were very different people in high school. <laughs> well, I don't know. Um, yeah. But so anyway, I, I don't remember. I think it was something like, um, how come you always target, um, hip hop and not, you know, like kid rock and <laughs> Ted Nugent and stuff. I don't know. I add some like, classism and racism components to it i'm sure it was just awful but it was um <laughs> but but the to, to your yeah. in your defense the yes. messaging still yeah. tracks and still relevant yeah i'm sure what i was trying to say was some version of like it's not healthy to cloister yourself from like the reality of the world or so i yeah i think the reason i was even writing about it i co-wrote it with my buddy who was the lead singer in my punk band um, Hell yeah. it, it, there was so much ground to cover. We had to share a byline on that one. Um, but I think I'm sure front, front page, the whole <laughs> abortion is mean a one, a two <laughs> curses. Okay. Say 15 year olds. Um, so do we you remember, do you remember your headline? I don't, I think it was like, I think we might've been responding to somebody who was running the counter. I think it was like a point counterpoint. We, we had like, a, we, we had a point counterpoint okay. for the abortion. Oh man. Yeah. Abortion is nice. Was that the other one? No, no, no okay. it, it was a much more actually researched. Oh, okay, good. Not it doesn't fit into a three word <laughs> slogan. No, it doesn't. Um, yeah, I think the 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 counterpoint was like, burn your bad words or don't listen to them. And ours was like, listen to them, man. Um, so yeah, I never I never went through the feeling conflicted about uh, secular music thing but that was a very real thing and a lot of our friends did and i knew that i knew that was a real thing so i wanted to be like it's cool guys and then everybody was convinced um on the other hand for me i decided to give up and sell a bunch of my uh secular non-christian albums how many did you buy back like a total tool oh like all of them (laughs) it's like an idiot like I, I the one that I remember the most that I sold was the my Op Ivy CD. Oh, that one hurts. Yes, and maybe uh, Suicide Machines, Destruction by Definition. So was it just it was anything that wasn't explicitly yep. Christian? Okay. Yep. And did somebody like that was like a thing that people were saying to do that, right? It see that's the thing. Like I don't. Mm. I feel like it might have been one of those sort of subtext, sure, sort of things. Like no one was necessarily saying explicitly you can't listen to this, but maybe. But I, I on the previous podcast, I talked about how in my Sunday school. This was on the teenage politics episode. I talked about how in my Sunday school uh, class when I was in 
maybe middle school, we they we would bring in CDs and then the group would decide whether or not it was God God honoring music or not. And so if you, I know it's rough, but if you, if that's your way of thinking and that's what you're telling impressionable kids who are like, well, I, if I want to honor God, then, you know, if a equals C then, or whatever, uh, I don't know math. Then this was this was the conclusion I came to, but I definitely ended up selling a bunch of CDs that I ended up buying back. Again, this is like a relic from our time because the idea of like buying and then selling your album seems in, like in the hallway from your backpack, <laughs> you know, money changing hands. Right. I definitely <laughs> did buy. A goatee hook CD sumo surprise oh, yeah. off of um, a non-Christian wow. friend of mine okay. who had the who had the that album, and I was super into it. Yeah, I I mean, yeah, I don't know if that's a concept that like makes sense to the way that people no. consume music today, but it no. seems much like the like Christian bookstore thing we were talking about in an early episode sure. where it was like a whole scene. Even the idea of there being a big like alternative Christian music festival seems pretty weird at this point. Like right. I assume nothing like that really exists, but at the time it was like that, you know, there was like a mini subculture around it. And that was especially the case, I think because there was this whole thing of like secular music and Christian music. And I feel like that has melted away to some extent now. Yeah. And I, th- I do think that in a lot of Mike's lyrics, he tries to speak to some of that, that yeah. he doesn't want right. to have people tell him who he is or what he should be or what mm-hmm. his band is. And I think for, at least for me, I wasn't taking Mike's advice about legalism. Right. Uh, which sucks. Which sucks. It does. I I, I should have looked at Ephesians verse 2, 8. <laughs> But, you know, I, I had this idea of Christianity is this, mm-hmm. and then I uh, observed whatever was said in the music or sure. was existing in the culture and, and, and determined, well, that's not Christian. I can't have any part of it. And in, in, I, think, I think there's a lot of... I had a very black and white approach to things, but what's interesting um, was how I ended up coming back hmm. to recognizing that these albums might be okay, and it was at Cornerstone, oh, full, full circle. circle. It was in so since Bushnell was in the middle of nowhere and it was in this farm, there were shuttles running back and forth to hotels for people who decided to for the sellouts (laughs) well oftentimes my dad would be speaking at cornerstone that's amazing so he would in like one of the because they had in addition to music they had different speakers and other topics and stuff so you didn't split a tent with dad no that would have been miserable because it was always oppressively hot yeah in the like the no shade yeah it was just always brutal 
Oh. And so there were all the crust punks bathing yeah. in like the lake nearby yeah. and stuff. But, uh, brief, brief side note is okay. my wife who did go to Cornerstone tons of times. I asked her cause we were going to talk about it on the pod today. What if she had any memories of it that she wanted to share? And she's just said hot and stinky and uh unbathed and just yeah. feeling dirty yes and waiting in line literally for hours to use a payphone to call people which again you guys don't strange even understand concept. don't even well, probably understand. the people listening to well but, I, okay that's fair I, that's fair but unless there's a lot of kanye <laughs> listeners forgetting uh who are yeah skewing our demographic sure sorry so the the end of the the story is Coming back on one of these shuttles, I think it was the lead singer of The Insiders. Ooh, that guy's Um, nuts, right? (laughs) Well, here's the thing. He was, I think it was him. This was, if my memory serves correctly, he was, we were having a conversation about this exact same thing. And he was not for selling all of your Christian music or your non-Christian music. And, and I was, and I didn't say anything. I was just sort of listening and, but not participating. And then I think it was after that summer, I was like, shit, now I have to Uh-oh. like, and see, this is, this was also like pre iTunes, pre, you know, having necessarily like an entire library totally. of all of your MP3s yeah. and all of your... You either had it <laughs> as a physical object or you did not. Or you, or you did not. And so I didn't have any backups of, yeah. of any of that stuff. So you had to... And it, Spotify didn't exist. So, so the, and this is something that we're going to get into um, on the album, but maybe... We should take, we're approaching the, almost the 50 minute mark. Only three uh, hours left. <laughs> uh, we'll maybe take a quick break uh, so we can grab another beer. Um, but when we come back, we will dive into slowly going the way of the buffalo. Yeah. Yeah. Magnified Pod. I'm Andrew. John. Yeah, John. Right over there. Hello. We are talking slowly going the way of the Buffalo or SGTW OTB for those who are in, in the with know. in the in the know. Those who have gotten with it. Uh get with it. Yeah. So Hashtag get with it. John when you did you pick this album up when it came out because i said that this was the first album i picked out picked up when it when it dropped yeah. which is not something someone said in 1998 <laughs> when the when this jam dropped i rode <laughs> straight fire i rode my little bike sick with it <laughs> to the kid quit it i rode my little bike to the record store and i bought it yeah new because i had bought life in general when it came out on the strength of having bought teenage politics used right okay. before life in general came out so yes first impressions when you you've you've alluded to this in past eps mm-hmm. that you liked life in general bummed mm-hmm. about the lack of justice vibes yeah 
what were your initial impressions with this album? Yeah, I mean, I, well, A, I feel like I may have unfairly maligned this album a little bit in previous episodes as being like about the beach and girls or something, which I think I said previously, but really life in general has way more love songs. Like that actually feels a little more emo to me. Um, and this is actually a little more cynical lyrically. Like it's, it's the songs themselves kind of musically that I had issues with at the time. Um, and I think that is, still the case for me like pretty much how i felt then is how i feel now which is like i still really like it a lot still produced again by the god steve kravak <laughs> uh who did a great job with life in general yes. keeps up that sound um but yeah we, we kind of said life in general was them sort of at their like zenith and yeah. i feel like this is the beginning of kind of like the slow come down from that high point for me so um, what you're saying is slowly going the way of the buffalo <laughs> was sort that of fan a, was correct it was a self-fulfilling prophecy i mean yeah i remember you saying that thing about the letter that's what it's based on is somebody yeah. writing that in basically yeah. saying that they were like selling out right right yeah which so basically i think that fan was kind of me where i was just like these guys man i don't know which is dumb john always had the finger on the pulse of who was and wasn't selling out <laughs> listen if you wanted to know who was cool and who wasn't went, i was the guy to went go to jp to. Yeah. Um, so no, I I super liked it then. I still do. It's just, yeah. It never they never quite got back to the like, um, the punker elements and the more the, hardcore. Yeah, and the and even the political stuff of. I love the first few albums so much, and I do really like this one, but not not quite as much. How about you at the time? Oh, I was t- completely sold. Uh, I was really really into it, and I stayed into it um consistently there yeah. was even some of the the cheesier songs sure. on the the record were i was i was fully on board with mxpx and anything that they were putting out anything mxpx related yep i so, will say it just real quick yep. at the time i saw them on this tour with Blink-182. Okay, yeah. Which, as a 15-year-old... wait, Blink-187, Blink-187, right? that's yeah. what I meant, yes. Okay. Uh, I don't know who this Blink-182 <laughs> no, is. No, no. It's pretty obscure. Um, and, th- yeah, that was a super interesting time for them. That must have been around the time that Enema of the State came out? Was that what they were touring on? That sounds about right. Um, but, yeah, the combination of those two bands playing together when I was 15 was just like, my mind was blown and I had also a lot of very strong opinions about Blink and how much they'd sold out and no (laughs) see Anima the State came out in 99 okay and um I loved Dude Ranch and Cheshire Cat and when Anima the State came out I was like oh these guys are kind of selling out too so I feel like this and or slowly and Anima are kind of linked for me where it's like these two bands that I loved so much like trying to achieve crossover mainstream sure. sound. And I resented that a little bit, but looking back, they're both really good albums. So I right. should have just shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But also on this album, speaking of blink 182 would have been an example of one of those bands that I wouldn't have fucked with during this time because thrown it in the fire. Yep. Because I was not, and then bought it back. Yeah, later. But you know, at the time, I actually wasn't into Blink. Mm-hmm. Maybe because of that, I had in my mind, I'm like, 
no, this isn't sure. something I should be listening to. But they were also, MXPX was, uh, playing shows with Bad Religion. Yeah. Greg Hetson of He's Bad on Religion the record, right? played yeah. on, or at least at the very least, uh, he had some vocals on this record. And I think he had played, he had played on previous, maybe previous, a previous album. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're, they're, and I think this is part of, always been part of the critique of the band especially in the christian yeah. realm that they are uh cavorting with with the the non-christian the mm-hmm. the uh fleshly world the right. the secular world i guess and i was in looking up this never say dinosaur album today and looking for that track i stumbled upon a comment on the youtube video for this uh the song that they that they did this petra song and it was great always read the comments always read the comments and it was just very it it filled me with hope and it was it was nuanced and it 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 really made me rethink a lot of no it said it's too bad they're not a christian band anymore boy yeah it's like that's that's your takeaway. That's the most important thing. Gosh, people never read the comments. It yep. just always bums you out. Good rule. This album is, from what I've been able to find, was the only MXPX album that was certified gold. That's right, yeah. And, this was and their it, first official yeah. release with A&M, right? Yeah, yep. and, and not without its controversies mm. um with tooth and nail but we'll get to uh, that yes. get to that a little bit later but it i don't it actually didn't go gold until two years later hmm. and i couldn't find anything about any other albums reaching that level of that status no but i don't know i don't typically hear people talk about this album in the same way they talk about yeah other mxpx albums and i don't know if it's just because of the the push that they had from a&m to move units if that was what it was or um, but i would have i would have expected something like the ever passing moment to exceed that of uh, anything from this this album because they had at that point in 2000 they had Forever Passing Moment, they had way more TV. They were playing on late night shows. Mm-hmm. They had music videos that were getting. I'm pretty sure they got some play on TRL. If I'm not mis- yeah, misremembering right. mm-hmm. for responsibility, mm-hmm. um, but I can't find anything about whether or not. But <laughs> and I was looking at the where it charted. Um, it was number ninety nine. For the Billboard Hot 100, the right. week of um, the first the first week it was on the charts. Back then, and, that was that was pretty good. I, I mean, I'm, it's it's not it's not bad. But when you look at what else, this was this was also very <laughs> very 1998. Do tell. Um, oh boy. <laughs> top album sales for the week of July 4th when this album charted at number 99 how many soundtracks oh, yeah. were 
That was uh, such a thing. It was. Number one, the week of July 4th, 1998, City of Angels. And I don't... Yes. Yeah. That. So the... the um, Goo Goo Dolls sold out. Goo Goo Dolls, also. yes. And <laughs> the Alanis Morissette Uninvited. Whoa. Were the two huge... I don't even know which one that is. What's that? Did you, she even have any you know. hits on that one? Let's hear it. Ooh, that sounds good. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was kind of a jam. Low-key jam. Yeah, it was. No, it's not a... And that... It's not a bad song. Neither... I would, sure. I would argue that they're both great pop songs. Sure. However, this, this album was City of Angels' number one album... <laughs> And it was a soundtrack. Yeah, that song over was Brandy, huge, over though. Master P. Make him say, uh. <laughs> but there were Sorry. so many soundtracks. Yeah. And this is because in 1998, if you wanted yeah. a single goddamn track, <laughs> yes. you had to go out yeah, to the point. store and buy a CD yep. to get that one song. And because of that, and I was reading about the marketing of the City of Angels soundtrack because of this, those two, those Goo, the Goo Goo Dolls and the Alanis albums, the sales were huge yeah. because of this. Right. And it sort of like, yeah. it became its own marketing tool because this album came out before those two albums dropped. So sure. it, but A fascinating I, time. It is. And so soundtracks became, have, sort of become a thing of the past soundtracks still exist but yeah. they're they're not so much soundtracks more that they are they're kind of like scores now right you get more um you get like uh the like the baby driver right you, that yeah. that that soundtrack score it was it was a soundtrack but the songs were actually in yeah. the movie right. as opposed to just a bunch of random songs that have angel in the title, you know, yeah. or like the, the songs inspired by, that was a whole other thing. Oh my gosh. Like, yeah. Well, black Panther soundtrack, like right. Kendrick, that was a recent thing. And most of those songs weren't in the movie, but like, no. that's the exception rather than the rule. I feel like right. I can't really name another, but that big recent I mean, one, but that that's a very, that was a well charted album as well. Did uh, MXPX ever do a soundtrack song? No. Um, I bet they oh, did. Yeah, because I know that there was, um, I know that there was a Passion of the Christ oh inspired, <laughs> inspired by. Well, I guess it would be yep. kind of weird if in the movie Christ was getting whipped and it was like, "Get with it" or whatever. So <laughs> can't quit it. Get uh, with it. <laughs> they're just like playing in the background in some robes or whatever. Yeah, no, but I, I definitely. Um, oh, yeah, Scooby Doo. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. That's that's right. That's right. But I don't know if they were. Let me see. I my grandparents, my very very conservative grandparents, got us, me and my brother, the um, inspired songs. What inspired, else is on there? Inspired by the films. Oof. <laughs> Scott Stapp. Oh, P.O.D. Okay. Lauren Hill. No. Uh, Lauren. Yep. I was right. MXPX and Mark Hoppus. Wow. The Empire. Wow. Mark Hoppus. What's happening? The I don't Empire. know. I don't, mm. I don't know that song. Well, should we give it a little yeah, teeny tiny we, listen? Yeah, we should. If we can. Yeah. It's, if it's, if this, if this album. <laughs> I 
I really want to hear what a Passion of the Christ inspired MXPX song sounds like. The fact that it's called Empire, I'm like, okay, I guess I can get it. He's like talking about. does feel very um ever passing moment yeah era. yeah for sure um interesting not i think it it definitely stands out on that album <laughs> for uh the the because that album is followed by <laughs> charlotte church oh, yeah right. go from mxpx to charlotte church who i imagine is only dropping the hottest of albums these days probably nope she is not <laughs> um 98 though that's interesting because that would have been right when this tour was happening between mxpx Whoa, and blink this so. album cover from 2005 Ooh, she sold out she's this with this if you saw this would what would you and you were like if you saw that album cover tissues and issues oh my god she's all sexy yeah this is this is scandalous i think she's slowly going the way of the buffalo <sighs> She has a song called Crazy Chick. She Charlotte was throwing Church. off. She was getting out of the Christian music ghetto. Yeah, no more maybe passion so. inspired by. Maybe Charlotte Church should go back to church. Am I mm, right? Dang. Burn. She's on the new. Um, that's going to make a joke. She's on the new Ghost album, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's a dumb joke. Yep. <laughs> anyway, this album. Well, they actually, Ghost actually does have a. Um, a woman who plays, I think she plays guitar. All right. Is um, it Charlotte Church? Yes. <laughs> okay. That's so Unequ- weird. Unequivocally. That's okay. so weird that you were right. <laughs> yeah. Charlotte Church yeah. shredding with the, uh, shredding with the occult. Um, all right. <laughs> so well, where were we? Oh, oh, <laughs> I don't know, so. <laughs> 98. So 98, the number 99, uh, in the hot 100, but for the Christian charts, mm. Let's hear it. Number two. Dang. Who was number one? Uh, Jackie Velasquez, of course. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, she okay. she Did, was she wonder, was she was killing him. Does she have any tissues and issues these days? Or um, maybe she's still. No, I think no. She's still very much. Okay. Uh, I looked Phew. her. I I looked her. Up, she's bad. still she's still okay, um, praising our Lord and Savior. Um, but she, the slowly going the way of the buffalo was only on the chart. For one week, what they peaked at two, and it's then they were one gone. Week? Then they were done. Since he looked at me, yeah, but you know, but they beat Michael W. Smith that week. Wow, so that's that's street cred. That's that's something. What's up, bro? What's beat up? You. They probably saw that. <laughs> What's up, so, Michael W. Something. Smith? What are you gonna do now? All right, we gotta get <laughs> we gotta get Michael W. Smith and Mike Carrera. Oh yeah, the All, mics, the, the mics, the mic, the mics, and the, the Mike two. and the Michael. That's right. Yeah, they're they're the little fisticuffs. <laughs> You know, put that beef to rest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This, yeah. Who's the real Michael? <laughs> any, uh, 
Any other anything else you want to say before we get into the track by track? A few general thoughts. Number one, what percentage of these songs is about tooth and nail? Because it seems like ninety nine. Um, really, you think that many? Other well, I don't than know. just the. I'm exaggerating, but it does seem to be like, like I said, life in general had a lot of kind of like love songs. Yeah. Not, I feel like there's a few songs on here that's like, is this a love song or is it about tooth and nail? Slash, is this a love song or is it about God? There's a couple of those. Um, so yeah, we'll get into that with a few of them. It feels short after the first few albums, which are like super long. Yeah. Um, this, yeah, this, this is only, well, um, it's pretty, in, it's imprecise on, on it's 40 minutes and 29 seconds okay. on, um, yeah, Spotify only says 40 minutes, but, but it's for, only like 14 versus like 19 or 21 or whatever. Yeah. The uh, life in general was forty three, forty six, oh. seventeen songs. Okay. Um, this is sixteen songs, but all right. Well, the, what do I know? Well, the songs. The there's a little bit more brevity with with the songs there. Yeah. I would say the average out at about two and a half. Yeah. Two and a half minutes. They're a good not, punk length. Yeah, they're not. They're not going. They're not going poking at you starting off an album with like a four minute song yeah, right they're come on guys. they're they get with it I, they, they quit it they and they get with it <laughs> i always do <laughs> um yeah the only two final thoughts i and anywhere but here is only three minutes and 25 seconds i'm exaggerating guys sure stop still, with the tweets it's yeah come on relentless i would say i mean what i like about it it's a continuation of the life in general sound. What I really like about this album in particular is like there's lots of fun breakdowns and tempo changes um, mm-hmm. that like vary within the song. They feel very tight. It's well produced. What I, yeah, I mean, the first few songs, I was like, wait, why haven't I been listening to this a lot more over the years? And then I got to some other songs, and there's nothing that I dislike, but I think it pretty neatly divides into half songs that I really like and half kind of poppy songs that I felt like they were trying to kind of like appeal to a larger audience that Mm -hmm. didn't do much for me. So, all right. Well on that, maybe we should get into the first track. Let's do it. Under lock and key, slowly going the way of Buffalo. Album starter, great John. opener, solid, solid, fast, gets to the point. When a song starts off, you know they don't. There's not like this slow build up. No. There's not just doesn't start off with the drums. It's like there's no messing around. Boom, we're doing this. hot, right, right to the point. Let's. It's it's a and then at the end of the song, there's 
Mm. Ring, ding, 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 ding. It's, it's, <laughs> let me, uh, let me, we need, might need to hear a little bit at the end of the. I think so. Let's see. This is. So good. Really, really, really good. Yeah. Spoiler, it's... my number one song. Oh, on your top three? Of my top three. Your top three. Okay. Yeah. Let me let me pull up my my top three right now and just see. Cause I that's I know for sure I didn't I didn't add that on my top three, but I debated it. There are a few, but I it's such a great opener. I love the breakdown. We we're talking about where the guitar drops out. I love the ending. Yeah. Real good. Yep. All right, next next track. Tomorrow's another day. Also good. I don't want to let my life fly by. Do you ever stop? Stop to wonder why. It's on fly by. Two for two. Two for two. Two for two. And that's also um, that a lot of this album, I know it was released uh, not too long. Before, well, the At The Show live album was released not too long after this. I think mm-hmm. it was released before The Ever Passing Moment. But a lot of these songs uh, made the cut for the at the show album yeah, and this was one of them right and this is this is a excellent live song yeah it's so the um the the sort of the dropping out that sort of like false start right at the beginning yeah. it just right before it goes into the you know the killer beat it- <laughs> It brought back some painful memories of trying to time my jumps from shows where I was playing <laughs> perfectly to the downbeat of the drums and failing like more than half the time. Um, but yes, so good. The the song that birthed my senior quote, which yes. was again. Oh, yeah, I didn't. Let's hold on. We need to. We need to play. We need to play on a little bit because we need to hear. There you go. Still not entirely sure what it means, but I know it's deep. It's beautiful. Um, yeah, I love the tempo changes in this song. Yeah. I love the slow, fast, slow, fast. It's also it's also one of the song the songs that actually uses the toms. This yeah. this album doesn't have 
The drums are very straightforward in this album. Yeah. It's not a, there aren't a lot of, that's a good point. A lot of playful Tom elements. Um, this or playful Yuri. It's not doing enough there for you. No. Yeah, there's no. I need some Hawaii Five O. Exactly. It looks even better than it needs some more Phil Collins in the air. Oh man, what can top that though? I don't really. So, John, you're gonna have to let me know when we get to your next your next track. In fact. It might be this one. The final slow dance? The final slow dance. It's on the list. Yes. Taking all the space up in my head With all the things we could do And all the things that could be said Talk for me to try and understand The way I feel about you And the way it made me feel to hold your hand Good stuff. So, I would say this is the first song that has a reference to something theological. Yes. And it's possibly problematic. <laughs> but continue. Well, it's, it's uh, to your point before we started, talking about no one wants to spend eternity alone. Is this about God? Right. Is this about a, a girl? girl? Is it about both? Yes. Is it trying? Is it sending mixed messages? Is it? Yeah. Is it intentionally trying to be a little bit vague? Right. Yeah. Why did you add it? So first off, what are your thoughts on the song? Why it was added to your top three? Number two. Number two. What's and then what do you think about that line? I think that. It good. <laughs> it's a good song. Perfect. It's next a, next song going on. To- <laughs> it's another fun one with tempo and breakdowns. I feel like they're doing a lot to switch that up in the album that I like a lot. Um, there's some sweet guitar pick slides down the strings that we love to mime while we're listening to it, which to me is just like the sound of punk. I love yeah, it. We we and- at some point if we ever make this podcast a video <laughs> podcast, you're gonna see all of our pick slides, air drumming. <laughs> the people demand it. <laughs> um it's not something you want, want to watch probably but anyway I, I, um, i'm like doing all i'm like you got I, do, I do i do all of them there's not one instrument that at some point i'm not miming <laughs> i agree i think my body defaults to a bass because i'm so familiar with you it slap, slap at the bass. i slap the bass big time but i do like to air drum a lot to the extent that i remember um i was at the show once and i was like maybe a couple at drinks in the show <laughs> at the show um in college and uh, i was like air drumming so hard this girl that i was with there was like 
are you a drummer? I'm like, oh, I wish I was in my brain. I am. Um, no, I mean, I love that song. I feel like musically it's super fun. Yeah. I have in my notes, no one wants to spend eternity alone. Question mark, love song or theology song, both. <laughs> so that's pretty much exactly what you said. I don't know exactly what he's talking about. Is it weird to conflate a heaven hell dynamic with <laughs> a like crush song, but well, don't if you... totally care. If you look at the title of the song, mm-hmm. the final slow dance, mm, it's this of, of eternity. Well, it's it's this it's sort of alluding to death. Right. So that was a C.S. Lewis book, I think. The final slow dance. Oh, is it? No, <laughs> just it, it was a bad joke. Do, well, it should. It, should, it sounds like that's, you could picture it, right? Yeah, that's why I was like, really? It's yeah. you know, it, was, it came after the Great Divorce. Right. The final Everybody slow knows dance. After the great divorce, after comes the great divorce comes the final slow dance. Yeah. Um, but still, I will say, I mean, it doesn't make me be like, "Whoa, this theology is way off," because I don't totally know what he's talking about. I think he's just kind of mixing metaphors. But I do feel like the approach to theology when it happens on the album is a little more. It comes from a place of humility a little more. Mm-hmm. There's not really any like super judgy stuff on this one. No, there really, there really isn't. A lot of anger at Tooth and Nail, I believe. We'll get into it. Yes. So, John, yeah. we we are only three songs in, and uh-huh. you and you already have <laughs> two of the three. You have, you have two, but yeah, this is my first one. I'm Ooh. okay. You're okay. Ooh. Is my it's gonna be con- con- contra- how did you say before controversy? It's, there's gonna be some kind of controversy. <laughs> really? Oh boy! Oh wow! Classic intro, John. I did air drums right there. is what's there your problem? to hate oh, about I, this song i don't hate it at all it's not one of my favorites it feels to me like a little bit of a plea for success like this was this was a cooties song yeah that's before. part of my problem with it actually but continue oh, okay so so <laughs> we've talked about this in previous episodes about how the cooties were Beach-going, coke-drinking, girl-lusting, punk dudes. Right. It was Mike and Tom and then two dudes from 90 Pound West. Yeah. Uh, it was... Um, Dale, Dale Yob. Dale Yob. Giles O'Neill. And Giles O'Neill. That's right. And I was actually going to ask you what which version you prefer, but since you evidently hate... A classic MXPX song. I think it's garbage and anybody likes it as garbage. That's I don't think <laughs> This it's... podcast is over. Yeah, we're done. We're done. Good I'm not okay. You're, You're not, not okay. okay. This whole room is not okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I mean, 
I just feel so. It's the one single from this album. It didn't. I mean, it obviously did enough to sell more copies than any of their other albums. But like we were talking about this before, that A and M signed them based on the strength of Chick Magnet, and I feel like nothing reached Chick Magnet level in terms of like single hits on this album. I mean. Yeah, what it's a fine song. I don't mind it. It's just it feels I feel like there's half interesting sort of nuanced songs and there's half like kind of straightforward in terms of like content and in terms of musical approach songs that just kind of like, yeah, it's fine. And it felt like it was trying to um, be a hit and those just ring a little false for me. So the fact that they used a Cooties song and kind of like repackaged it kind of bugged me at the time. Cause I was like, okay, so the Cooties came out in 97. I was into it. Like, like we said, it's kind of more, it's pretty good if lightweight record, but I think it's most famous now for I'm okay. You're okay. And some of the songs, Mike's songs on there are kind of indicative of where MXPX's sound would go in kind of a popular direction. But like, yeah, I just, the fact that they kind of like, well, we're just going to take that song and repackage it and it'll be a hit for us. I was like, I don't know. Something about it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. It tainted the record for me a little bit, but I still... Wow. <laughs> the entire record? No, I just, when I think of this album, I think of it as the like, I'm okay, you're okay, party at my house, get with it album. And those all just feel like, MXPX is making a party song, bro. Like, And I just <laughs> like, no, man, what about the system? <laughs> Let's talk about the system and how it's wrong. Um, so yes, I, I'm one of those lame fans that they're referencing in their title here and I need to just shut up. Well, I, you know, I don't, I, I love that Cooties album just purely for the, the poppy elements. And, and this, this has such soaring, um, these soaring melodies and these, background vocals and at the, the end when that additional guitar comes in with the like yeah. it's really yeah good. it's great it's so yeah it doesn't have it's not meaty it's not like americanism or democracy from teenage no, politics it's not. <laughs> no it is not <laughs> but i still think you know in like on uh teenage politics you had you added punk rock show I know. That's that's I'm okay, you're yeah. okay. It's sort it's of iconic. the punk punk rock show of yeah. this album. I agree. It's it's talking about going to listen to some bands. Yeah. It's not taking on the world's problems. That's true. But the punk rock show is about the community and how oh, we all lift God. each other up. Okay. This one, I also remember the music video, which was they were in a snow globe and that bummed yeah. me out a little bit. <laughs> this the whole thing I was kinda of like, I don't know what's happening right now. I blame Steve Kravak. Yeah, no, always. I don't. All right. Before still a get, good one. Yes. All right. <laughs> Thank you for giving me that a little that kernel. You're welcome. Uh, we'll move on to Cold and All Alone, which is Emo. anybody who doesn't like I'm okay, you're okay. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I know I'm mad, but I'm real sorry. This song is super emo. Yeah. Feel so 
good part. The dropout. It is. That's you can always count on MXPX to have a really solid mm-hmm. dropout. Nice and tight. Uh, yeah, another one with like a lot of nice tempo and instrumental changes. Yeah. Um, it's just, it, yeah, it's fine. I don't feel super strongly one way or the other. This album, I, I noticed that there are lots of um, verse repetitions. Yeah. That they they just repeat the, the verse, mm-hmm. but at a different tempo. And it's not necessarily a critique Sure. Just sort of an observation of the, I guess the structure, a little bit of a different structure for this album. Yeah. And I feel like I heard, uh, I don't know what it was, if it was on the My Career podcast or or something else where, I, th- oh, I think it might have been the one the episode with Yuri where they talked about how they wanted to this to be their sort of like ACDC album, which is very sort of like straightforward. Yeah, I can see that. And I think that's why there aren't a lot of drum fills. Yeah. It's just sort of like, let's keep it. It's like sort of the keep it simple, stupid. Yeah. Just the like the driving drums. Breakdowns that yeah. are part of a lot of the early records are not really yeah. on this one. And, and, but the, but also the production of this album there, it's just a very the precision is there. Mm-hmm. It's a very tight album. Yeah. There's not an ounce of sloppiness no. on this album. Um, you know what we haven't talked about? Buffalo. Speaking of no frills, mm. is the, the album artwork. The album artwork yeah, it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> when you you go from yeah you go from Coop the well, the, the Pocanacha Punk. And the iconic cartoon art of life in general. Yeah. Both it goes, very burned in my brain. This and is, then, yeah. And uh-uh. this is like very, this is, what is this, communist? It's like, it's very, it's like different shades of. You will of enjoy t- Buffalo album. <laughs> Here to it's, present this. It's a very experience. good punk album. It's slowly going way of Buffalo. That's a terrible <laughs> Russian accent. I like it. Um, it's, but like, it's tan and green and brown. And punk colors. It's just very like the Pokenacha punk doesn't even look. He's not. He's not really raging at anything. He's kind of no. like every, I'm okay. You're okay, bro. But he also doesn't look like the Pokenacha punk. No, he's it's, too relaxed. No, but I'm, I'm just talking about the the, the oh, artistic aesthetic. Yes. Yeah, is yeah the whole thing. See, this is what I mean. It all kind of feels to me like the record company was like. We gotta get rid of this punk. What's this punk, guys? Come on, come on. Yeah. But hey, I'm okay. I like that song. Let's do it again on this one. You're but, gonna be in a snow globe. <laughs> he's he's like some sort of like guy from hey, let me let me yeah. tell you about the punk rock music. Hey, he was he oh. was on a a giant phone, like from his pool, calling MXPX. He was and... on a he was on a raft, <laughs> a giant cordless. Isn't from like UHF? Yes. That's what a picture. <laughs> Yes. And then he yeah. falls into the yeah, pool his, when he hears yeah, that there's he too calls many his uncle, his uncle Harvey, who's listening to Weird Al's I Want to Be Your Hog. <laughs> Let me be your we, hog. Shout out to all the UHF heads out there. Well, there's a lot of you. There's, there's, <laughs> there's me, two in here, yeah. Specifically. But I also want to call out <laughs> the amazing faces. Yeah, in, weird. Under the chin angle, never a great look. Never even a great for my dudes. No. Um, I, Mike, Mike looks <laughs> great. Uh, yeah, 
like jury i don't know what everybody everybody's <laughs> this, on point this looks to me like a band that was made to do this for a photo and their faces are like i guess we're doing this like <laughs> we've talked about how extensively in the liner notes of the other records i would like look through them and be like god these guys are so cool look at mike oh man and this one i i don't feel that way. no if just comparing the coolness yeah man of look these, at those guys okay right now <laughs> We are comparing side-by-side images mm-hmm. from teenage politics. Inspired my prom outfit, as with, discussed. With the unlooped um, studded belt, <laughs> the Converse t- tennis shoes, and the suit, mm-hmm. the ball chain necklace. So many good things. Looking punk as fuck. Mm-hmm. And punk then yeah. some joker at A&M was like, let's get you jumping midair. <laughs> And just jump in the air. That's that's what you guys do. You're a jump in the air kind of man. You'll jump in air. You you punk. Right. Are we Soviet or are we a LA slick guy? Or I don't know. Nothing nothing Whatever makes they are, any it's sense. Not punk. It's all terrible. But no one looks good. Everyone looks terrible. And it's it's the oh, only wait, the, th- the only one. redeeming that's thing. That's not bad. Is the back on the bikes. On the bike. Mike. That's a sexy guy. And it's a sexy guy. He went full full bleach Bleached, yeah and Looking i mean good. tom still looks hard af mm-hmm. yuri never old. knows what he's doing no. he's like the like s- hey guys guy who's guys <laughs> did, I, did i miss the photo shoot and yet his playing is punk af no yuri yuri never doesn't ever not bring it yep. he's always crushing it hard he gets with it <laughs> Now on to now on to John's obviously third favorite song Party My House Be There It's about time for a party at my house and it wouldn't be the same without you No not at all As I recall You've got what I need a little too whoa whoa for me i don't know man <laughs> wait I, which... like like i said when this album came out yeah i was 100 percent on board sure i i i listened to a lot more i think i probably listened to a lot more pop punk than sure. you did maybe i i was just i was i was into the MXPX no matter what yeah. I was... I mean, I don't want to give a false impression here. There was one giant bumper sticker on my car, and it was MXPX. <laughs> and, yeah, these guys are my guys. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. It, I, my it's notes still... This... It's... The first word is party. <laughs> yes. And it's not about bringing down the Republican Party. <laughs> it's not. I wrote, similar to I'm okay, a little too much? Fine. <laughs> um, wow. You know, it's... Wait, what are your favorites? Have we gotten to them yet? 
we've gotten to one. I'm okay. okay you're okay. That's right. We, okay. This one did not make the cut. No, no. Okay. It's it's still it's still it's it's not like previous albums where we we are could argue that almost any song yeah. could have made the cut. Correct. This even though this is a great album, mm-hmm. there are not as many songs on here that I would be like I could make an argument yeah. for my top three. Agreed. Yeah. It's surprising that this one wasn't a second single, right? It seems like this one is one of those kind of iconic MXPX songs. Yeah. Uh, kind of just br- looking through the, the the track listing, yeah, I can't think of any other song on here that I think that would have that sort of radio-friendly right. quality. Yeah. That, you know, 1998, some fluffy pump pop pop punk song like right. this one would have would have Get made with the cut it, maybe no no too lame <laughs> no <laughs> that's it's it's also it's a minute and 44 seconds yeah it's, it's too, too short you're it's right, too short right. for uh but like i'm okay two minutes 40 seconds party my house be there 217 these are yeah even that's that's pretty short it's it's still pretty short uh but still makes would be that really ideal radio radio mm-hmm. time Next song, Ooh. Downfall of Western Civilization, which we um, we're going to be entering Mike's vocab corner. <laughs> Agreed on this on this song. Yep. number three. Oh, wow. I love this song. That's, John, you were dropping so many truth bombs <laughs> and like so, keep many con- 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 so many controversies on this episode. I can't even believe it. I love you the are, intro. This is, I I can't believe it. Um, I love wow. where the sections, I love the sections where the instruments drop out. I love the breakdowns. I love the call and response. It feels very punk to me. Slow it down a little. Here we go. is made to pump your fist. It's great. No, it's 
Great it's, title. It's a really... Is that is that part of why you chose it? <laughs> Probably. I mean, I think it's a nod. Isn't that like a Sex Pistols documentary or something? Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure, but... Isn't this also one that has the Bad Religion guy in it? It's... Uh, I think it might be. I think it might have... Yeah. It, I think he has the background vocals. Yeah. The Decline of Western Civilization is a 1981 documentary about the music scene in 79 and 80. feels very central to punk and rock and stuff for me. So I had mentioned, like, Spocab Corner. Um, excuse me, <laughs> but you don't know me. Already a little confusing. <laughs> and I sure don't know you... Neither? Neither? Yeah. So, and I I looked into it. Um, <laughs> done some research. Neither or either. Neither is acceptable. Well, it seems that there are conflicting ideas about how to use in, in certain situations. But there's for some controversies me, around it? there's some controversies. Uh. I feel like, and and you're you're the editor, so I will mm, defer to please. you. <laughs> I have always felt either it's it it feels like there's it, there's like yeah it, there's like a comparison. It's weird, right? Like if we're talking about one of two things, yeah, we're talking about you and me. <laughs> you don't know me either, right? I don't know you. You don't know me. I don't know you either. Neither has always struck me. It, it always feels a little bit grating to my ears. I always took it as like for emphasis, you know, it's kind of like saying like a whole nother deal, like, which sounds cooler. Like you don't know me either or neither. <laughs> okay. So we will get into. Great point. <laughs> nailed it. No, we'll get, we'll get into. Honestly. Yes. We'll get into that. Um, in a couple, in a few songs. But um, part of me wonders if how much of a emphasis or how much Steve Kravak, Steve Kravak had in telling him how to sing stuff. What, what to say? Yeah. Well, okay. What if they had said, and I sure don't know you neither. <laughs> that wouldn't be cool. <laughs> no. <laughs> or either. No. So at least we agree on either. Yes. But I like to say either, because I like to sound fancy. But if I were more punk, I'd say, I never heard of them neither. <laughs> so. Do you think, I think the takeaway is that you think either is, is either fancy. Either is acceptable. However, <laughs> I do declare. Honestly, I think if Hon- you. <laughs> honestly, John, what do you think? Honestly, I think I like home, I like saying neither. Okay. But I hear you. I hear you. Okay. Well. Um, whether or not either of us understand, mm. Mike is offering an invitation to understanding.
This is my number two. Wow. Yep. See, not one of my favorites. <laughs> that, I don't, I don't, what are you looking for in an MXPX song? It's, it's fine. It's a little too emo pop punk for me. Okay. But I do want to say that I like that Mike's assault on TV continues here, <laughs> where he says, there's nothing on TV. <laughs> this is like the third MXPX song about <laughs> his distaste for TV in general, and uh, I'm just happy to see that. But the, the melodies, the harmonies yeah. on this song are so good. I don't disagree. But, it, I mean, it's also... We missed it. Oh, that's all good. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's good. No, it's good. And and it also, it is very emo, just like, I, there's some, some MXPX songs are, I think, sometimes intentionally vague, and are maybe just for Mike. Sure. Maybe he's like, you know, he's invitation understanding. I don't know if he's talking about a person. I don't know if he's, again, this is one of his faith songs where he just feels like people don't understand his position or who he is or because he's inviting he's he's feeling like no one is understanding yeah i mean what i i feel like there's a weird kind of aggressiveness in it where he's like i know you're probably used to being alone what does that even mean it's kind of like a diss right so I always wondered if there was more, like, is this some kind of analogy? Like, what if Tooth and Nail comes knocking back at their door? It's just like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm probably reading too much into it. I, I I don't know. I think, I don't know if I, maybe I'm, I'm alone in feeling like there's one specific Tooth and Nail song on this record. What's mine is yours? Yes, yep. clearly. Um, but what's not a tooth and nail song is the most hardcore mm. song on this album. Give it to me. Again, with the just repeating that yeah. verse. Doesn't bother me. But I love this so much. Oh, the feedback. It's so good. Yes. It felt so great to hear this after yeah. Life in General and this album up until this point were a little poppier. When it yeah. came out the first time, I was just like, oh, thank you. It's so good. Well, see, there is a song on this record that feels like for the first time like a throwback song hmm. and then i'll get to it hmm. when we when we get there where i feel like it's the the most non slowly going the way song sure i, I feel like it's a 
more of an old school. I'm intrigued. MXPX jam. But no, when this first came out, I was like, oh my God, this is so so punk. It's only a minute, 12 seconds. (laughs) It's so punk rock. I wonder if there's like a version of the Bechdel test for movies that's like the Ramones test or something where it's like, bro, it doesn't, it doesn't go past a minute 30. Like it, it meets. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. You, you, you just, I don't know if you just made the Bechdel test. It wasn't a great you comparison. Know, if you like besmirched the Bechdel I test. I think I did. Yeah. Okay. So the next jam is my number three. Ooh. What's mine is yours. Fuck you, Tooth and Nail. <laughs> so, yeah, this is the one that's unequivocally about Tooth and Nail. Do you want to give some background on what he's talking about for folks who might not know? Well, I, I mean, I don't know if I know all of the... Yeah, I don't know if I know all, either. All the details, but if, I guess the the gist of it is, is they f- felt like they got maybe dicked over uh, by tooth and nail since they signed when they were really young and um they maybe felt a little jaded i mean i I know the the let it happen thing is part of it right yeah so well i don't know if maybe not not yet this came out because let it happen came out before this right well let it happen came out um I oh, think right. e- either a week before or a week after slowly going the way of the buffalo and tooth and nail I think at the time was maybe holding back on being like releasing some of these songs or something like that and then they released let it happen around the same time as this album which siphoned off buyers from those people who might buy slowly going the way of the buffalo certainly warranting slavery comparisons in my mind <laughs> sure that that line always <laughs> makes it makes me feel a little bit it gets a it gets a toothy cringe emoji yeah it's just, yeah, yeah cuz it's clearly <laughs> not comparable it's, um yeah. but the i one of the things that the 
the frustrations I think for the guys in, in MXPX is that while hardcore fans like you and me, I love Let It Happen. Oh, so oh, good. It's so That's another one like oh, any man. of the songs on it could probably make a top three. Yes. Oh, man. It's, it's, Maybe it's later we'll get so, to it. Yes, absolutely. We have to talk about Let It Happen. But if you are not already a hardcore MXPX fan and you go out to Best Buy or Sam Goody. Goody got it. Goody got it. And you see a you see an MX you see MXPX albums, you're like, oh some Buffalo on there. There's Buffalo. Cool. Or colors. there's Let It Happen, yeah. which has like thirty two songs on it. <laughs> I think. Pokenatcha Puck just Pokenatcha Punk just shredding a skateboard. Yeah, thirty two yeah. songs. I wonder it's if not having an the hour punk. and eleven minutes long yeah, of goodness and and tooth and nails like guess what <laughs> and and so I think for the guys in the band they're like let it happen while for hardcore fans are like we love it mm-hmm. if you're just being introduced to MXPX and you hear all of these songs that are like maybe not the best recordings a lot of them are demos sure. Um, or alternate takes or you know you might be like "Uh, this is fine but like yeah so so it just felt like a dick move by tooth and nail i can't remember if i knew all that at the time or not oh absolutely not i didn't understand i didn't know at all all i knew is i was i was buying anything (laughs) that had i mean i knew that they were like mad about let it happen somehow but i 100 percent didn't care and loved that record so oh, for sure it's i i still listen to it yeah to this day yeah. for pleasure whenever i'm in like i it always puts me in a good mood it good it's good very like all right next jam let's cruise through some of these since cruise. uh we're uh we talked about not having a two and a half hour oh, podcast boy. and we're already at, pushing it so here we go Self-serving with a purpose. I love how bouncy this song is. It mm-hmm. it just it's poppy, but it's still you're just it get it 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 sucks me in right from the beginning. Yeah. And all it's like you've got your rights, but it don't mean it's right, ethical or sane. And I can't help but equate this to a lot of things that are happening in our world right now mm. that people will justify things that are self-serving per- with a purpose. <laughs> yes. That are perfectly within the law or perfectly legal, you know, such as, I don't know, just 
grab, pulling out anything in the air, like separating children from their parents at the border. Right. That that's the law. It might be within the the law that that you can do that, but that doesn't make it ethical or sane. Yeah. Or I would even say biblical or moral. Right. Sarah Huckabee Sanders and Jeff Sessions. Yeah. Not We didn't great. get into politics no. this episode, but still I just bad. had to, I just had to throw that in there. Things are still bad. Yep. Um I, yeah, I never understood what don't tell me I've changed meant. But I think that might be for the people who are saying, Oh, I don't know if they're Christian anymore. Like that jackass on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. It may be. Yep. Um so the next one is the aforementioned song uh, for always, and we will honestly talk about what we think. Sick ass bass. So good. This song could have been in my top three. Yeah, probably me too. It's so good. I really like this one. Yeah. I just can't help with the... When he goes up there at the end. It's yep. so it's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, so we haven't... We need, might need to um, fast forward a little bit to um, the part that we're referring to. <laughs> I like that this whole song has kind of a melancholy tone. It does. What what way? <laughs> that really popped the mic there. So. Yeah, way to destroy <laughs> the, the eardrums what? of our listeners. So honestly, Mike is honestly not interested. Um, I always thought this was just for emphasis as well. But no, you have some interesting yes. theories. So yeah, uh, I listened to an episode of the Bad Christian podcast oh, yeah. where Mike addressed how Steve Kravak directed him to hit that H mm. of honestly. And and I noted, I went back to the song Honest Answers from Let It Happen. Honest Answers. Hon- <laughs> Sorry, Honest Answers. Thank you. And 
he doesn't hit that H. So hmm. it was, what's it's the deal, the, Mike? Yeah. What? No. What's the deal, Steve? Oh yeah. That damn Wait. Canadian. Yeah. So you think it's a Canadian thing? I think it's a Canadian thing, and mm. I think Mike was speculating that it might have been a Canadian. <laughs> Those thing Canadians. Well. What do they know? Well, honestly, I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, a lot more than we do. As a Honest, honestly, uh, they have Justin Trudeau, so honestly, I think <laughs> honestly, they're, they're better hands. I yeah, I think there's much more humility in these lyrics about humility, humility about an outlook on the world and their faith. Uh, and the part where he says, "I know sometimes we'll disagree, but no one here can absolutely see. We're all just learning as we go. There's some things in this world we just don't know." That feels a world away from some of the other lyrics we've shouted out in the past, uh, where it's like, it's just in the book, if you would look, bro. Yeah. Like, yeah. this feels much more mature. I, I, yes. If, I tend to agree. Um, however. However, it's... We'll get into this mm. um, in the ever-passing moment, because mm. there are, I think, today to kind of go back. Is yes, that what you're say? Yeah. yes, um, and I think we both agree that there are there is one particular song in the yeah. ever-passing moment in the in, in the MXPX discography that I feel is the most problematic. Yeah song it, lyrically mm-hmm. that they it's it's a jam but mm-hmm. lyrically it's it's rough little tease there yep an so. hour four of the ever passing moment pod <laughs> we'll get into that <laughs> we'll get into that because we we have just broken the two hour mark on this one so uh let's let's get through this set the record straight Ooh, no distortion is this punk what, what? mike this is another one that i'm like is this about tooth and nail? Is it about a girl? Well, it has record in the title. That's true. Is it about recording a record? <laughs> we cracked this thing wide open. Mike, at me. At me. At MagnifiedPod <laughs> on Twitter. Hit those mentions. MagnifiedPod at gmail.com. really fun it I is like this one. there's um i need to get to a part later yeah there it is <laughs> yeah this might be a mo- mike's vocab corner no one cares enough to rationalize hitting in a lot of syllables there <laughs> yeah enough to rationalize <laughs> love it um again some you know here's something i've wondered and well, not wondered, but I just want to, I want to put it out there for anybody listening to this podcast that sometimes it might sound like we're <laughs> ripping on Mike or giving them a hard time, but we genuinely love, <laughs> love, love these guys so much. And they're so significant and important to us. And we're not doing it to be assholes, no. but it's just because it's so like, you don't under, like this album came out when I was fourteen. It's so much in my blood. Yeah. But it's it's still it's 
some things just strike me now as being sort of fun. I don't think we would spend two plus hours on each album unless we were very passionate <laughs> yes. about it. Um, the way John is passionate about this song. <laughs> oh boy. suck it two Um, notes so can i one thing uh, apart from the lyrics the the guitar the sort of it's not i don't know what it's just playing the same chord over and over again yeah but (laughs) but it's not it's not it's not like the same it's not the same pattern it's, it's a little syncopation. Yeah, there's a little syncopation there. Uh, shout out to my to my boy Tom Wisniewski, slaying on the axe on that yeah. song. I, no, not the not the uh, meatiest of lyrics. Which is talking about pants being down and <laughs> again, I'm like, is this about? fans like me that didn't think they were punk enough anymore i'm not totally sure all i know is my notes for this one just say nah (laughs) um we're we're just here to rock gets all the eye roll emojis for me (laughs) Um, but i do like the uh i do like the uh um yeah they are I mean, yeah. I think it's on the like <laughs> the rock a lot, to be clear. Yeah. Um, I think With it's or on, without pants. Yeah, it's, it's, regardless. It remains to be seen. Remains um, to be seen. I think it's on a cool enough for you five iron vibe in this one. That's always been my read. Like, we're just here to play our shows. It's not our fault if you come with all your baggage. So, are you saying this is sort of like a? more poorly executed sellout song like of like the yeah. five iron sellout i think so yeah so the they're t- they're they're directing this towards the kids who are like we're too cool for school yes, like me and, yep um so inches from life um love this is my the song that i feel like is the throwback mxpx Ooh. sound Thick ass bass right there. So good. There's something wrong inside of us, and it's important to discuss it now. Find a heart and heart, and this is just a very conversation. Get the best of me, so why don't we go here? We have done it all along, we need to figure out it might be wrong.
aside from Fist versus Tact, mm-hmm. I don't think another song in this album goes as hard no. as this song. Yeah, I think, I mean, I've said that I kind of divide this album between a half that I'm not fully on board with and a half that feels more like the punk MXPX I loved. And I feel like this walks that line pretty effectively where the yeah. verses are like hardcore and the choruses are more pop punk. And the bass, the it's, bass. it's just so... The bass. Slapping the bass so good. It harkens back to the I won't be part of your corrupt system man lyrics a little bit too. Um and I feel like, again, he's kind of approaching uh, faith lyrics with a kind of humility on this one that I appreciate. Yeah. Um, so, John, we are at the last song. Last one. Theme fiasco. Ending ending with a <laughs> instrumental. Yeah. Interesting move. Yeah. It's a, it's a, and um, one of the longer yeah uh tracks um featuring the vocal stylings of jeff betker aka jeff suffering from 90 pound wuss um at the end you can hear the uh yeah this song starts off this is the the slow burn with the sort of right yeah, I almost wondered if this was one that they just never came up with lyrics for intent to, or if it was just one that they kind of messed around with and jammed on. Um, my band at the time had an instrumental as well, which I was like, oh, is this punk cred enough? So the fact that they had this always made me feel good. Yeah. It's that sort of like Morse code sound yeah. at the beginning. I wonder what they're playing out. Is that SOS? Da, 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 dash, dash. <laughs> I really like this song. <laughs> no. Feels really good. It's great. The bass on this album, this, this song is great. It's so dirty. Yeah, I love this. We have to wait for it. interesting fills here yeah yes but it's not so much the toms right it's more yeah, snare yeah. work there's a lot more snare work on this album jump, 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 jump. love this the bass is so good We could easily play this whole song because it's yeah. it's really it's great. Really good. But I, I like mean, it as an album closer. It's it's pretty. I mean, for, it's pretty epic for an album yeah. closer. I also remember that it was the soundtrack to the opening montage to the VHS documentary. It came from Bremerton, which I had. Oh yeah. And it holds a special place in my heart because of that. We need to we need to get the Jeff suffering. Um, <sighs> Yeah. 
He sounds great. Uh, he sounds amazing. He did you ever listen to the uh, the interview that he did with? No, I gotta check that out. Yeah, I should check it out. So to reiterate, top three were uh, for me. Number one, under lock and key. Number two, final slow dance. Number three, downfall of Western civilization. Um, for me, it was. I'm okay. You're okay. Invitation, understanding. What's mine is yours. Um, uh, I think once these start going live, I would be really interested to hear what everybody else's top three for sure is. Uh, get the conversation going. Uh, but as it stands right now, number four, ep, um, EPM. Yep. Well, no, that's our fourth ep. Yep. This, this one. <laughs> this one. You know. S count. G T W O T B, as we said. <laughs> but the ne- so, as we've stated, if we were going chronologically, all right. Let it happen would be next at the show, that never passing moment. Yeah. However, we're doing the straight uh, up. proper releases. Yeah. And then. But we unequivocally will need to address let it happen at some point. We because need to. Because it is so, is so good. So, uh, what, John, anything else you want to say before we, we close this out? Uh, we're at about hour five. So we already said the Twitter handle. Yep. Yes, the Gmail um, handle. MagnifiedPod at uh, gmail.com. That's the one. At magnified pod on twitter yep um i am just a dude on twitter for me on tape with john word um check out mxpx.com for tickets uh merch arsenal to get your t-shirts uh check out richard nelson's the poking at you podcast at anchor.fm and i guess there's only one more thing to say on the next pod, we'll be covering the ever-passing moment when it'll be time for a podcast at our house, and it wouldn't be the same without you. So join us, won't you? Yeah.